Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning, and let's go to the book of Luke and chapter number one, Luke chapter one this morning. Luke chapter 1. We started a series last week called Hope in Darkness and uh, understanding that in the dark seasons of life, God still is a God of hope. And I hope that the uh, the message would be a help to you this morning as we continue in that series. But before we get going, I just want to ask, um, I want to ask you if you've ever had the experience of writing in one of these bad boys. Yeah, how many of you remember the old station wagon? You remember that? And uh, for those of you, listen, for those of you that you're not old enough or that you, your parents never owned a station wagon, I just want to say I'm sorry. Like you, you missed out in life. You missed out on this encounter to ride in the station wagon. How many of you, be honest, how many of you, you've ridden in one of these? You've ridden in one. All right, good. Most of you... Um, <clears throat> If you know about these station wagons, then you know what they're famous for. They have, the, of course, two bench seats that face forward. You can fit six people. But then every one of these incredible inventions had one of these. The back seat that viewed the back of the car and the, the you know, everything behind you. That's all you saw. And maybe you had the privilege of being one of these kids. One of these kids that you were shoved in that back seat and sometimes even the luggage would go in between your seat and the other seats. And I'm looking right now and I'm not going to embarrass her, but there's a person in here that I uh, was born into her family. And she knows exactly what I'm talking about because we had one of these cars. And I'm just going to tell you, vacation experiences were always different. My parents had a different vacation than I did every year. <laughs> wow, and she's making fun of me now. Oh, man. Now, listen, the fact is, if you ever had the experience of being on one of these station wagons, then you know, man, we'd be driving down the road. And <clears throat> many of you, if you remember the Blems who used to live here, Daniel Blem, of course, uh, he would go on vacation with us because I was the only son. And so I'd get to bring a friend and we would always get put back there. We'd always get put in the back seat, luggage in between us and the family. We like to play car games, you know, where they like yeah, play the ABC game. You know, you're finding the letters on the signs and our rules are the best. So you see me later. I'll tell you our rules. If you have different rules, we invented the game. So no, I'm kidding. But we would be there and they'd be like, all right, let's play the ABC game. That doesn't work when you're sitting in the back seat. All you see is the back of signs or you have to look back. And dad would be like, no, you can't use the signs on the other side of the freeway. Well, how am I supposed to play this game? You know, and they'd they'd have a great time every now and then. Dad would be like, oh, man, look at that view. I'm like, yeah, that guy sure is ugly, <laughs> driving behind us, picking his nose. Yeah, I can see you, buddy, you know. And the fact is that if you ever had one of those experiences, your, uh, your view was very different, and that view affected your experience. And the truth is, our view always 
always impacts our experience. You ever been sitting in somewhere, maybe a church service or, or a concert, or maybe you go to the movies and you sit down and you've got your seat and then someone sits in front of you and blocks your view? We were sitting in a service a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago in, uh, in California and little Micah, little Micah uh, was sitting in a spot and all of a sudden he just got up and moved. He's sitting next to me. He just stood up during the service. He just stood up and moved. I looked at him and he just looked at me and he was like, <laughs> and pointed and a, a big guy had come and sat down right in front of Micah and he leaned over. He's like, dad, I can't see anything through this guy. I'm moving. Man, your view affects your experience. We started this series last week um, really talking about the, the dark seasons of life. Times in life when things don't add up. Times in life when you go through loss, when you go through heartache. Times in life when it seems as though you're on the outside knocking and God doesn't seem to be answering. The times of life when you feel like you are just in darkness and can't see anything clearly. We started the series in Luke chapter number one with the people of Israel. And we have to really understand the context of Luke chapter one to help us see that they were going through a dark season. Okay, the people, of, the people of Israel, think about this. They were in, and, and I'm gonna use the word darkness, and I don't mean to be repetitive, but I think you'll understand this thought. They were in an economic darkness, a political darkness, and a spiritual darkness. They were in a economic, political, spiritual heaviness. Luke chapter one, the Hebrew people, the Jews, they're under the rule of Rome. They're under that maniacal rule. They're under that sadistic rule. They're under that rule that, uh, of course, brought them into subjugation and did much uh, in the place of taking away many of their rights and kind of overrunning uh, the people of Israel. And, of course, uh, that affected their economy. That affected their politics. That affected very uh, many things going on. But then, also, they were spiritually in a dark place. Why were they spiritually in a dark place? Well, we discovered last week... It had been nearly or just over 400 years since they had had open prophecy. Well, what does that mean? It had been 400 years since the time of the minor prophets of people standing before uh, the, the people of Israel, preachers standing before the people of Israel and saying, thus saith the Lord, hey, I have a message from God. And so for 400 years, it seems as though God was silent for the people of Israel. I don't know about you, but I know times in my life when I go maybe a week feeling like God is silent. Man, you just, you feel that darkness. You feel that weight. And then add on top of that all the political and uh, economical and social, all of the darkness that they were facing. It is a heavy season for the people of Israel. But last week we found this, that even in the midst of darkness, there's always hope. Because we serve a God of hope. Hey, aren't you thankful that we have a God of hope? Man, we have a God who never quits on us. We have a God who, even though we may not be able to see, it's like that illustration I used with my daughter last week, little five-year-old Lena. Daddy, are you still there? Yeah, honey, I'm still here. Even though you can't see me, dad's still here. Hey, you know what God needs to speak into our lives sometimes? Hey, even though you may not be able to see me, I'm still here. 
And last week, we were encouraged that we can rest assured on some things. In our dark seasons, we can rest assured on some things. We can, we can have confidence in some things. Well, what can we have confidence in? Number one, God hears your prayer. Hey, God hears you at times of heartache. God hears you, and he desires to turn his ear toward you. God hears, God answers prayer. We can rest assured that God answers prayer. It may be wait and it may be no, but sometimes it's yes. But the fact is God hears, God answers. Hey, you know what? God, in your times of darkness, God is present. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left you. And we can rest assured that God is working. In our seasons of darkness, God is always working. This morning, the simple thought that I want us to understand today is that as we go through dark seasons, our view affects our experience, but we need to always remember this. God has a different view. We may feel like we're in the back of the station wagon just watching things fly by, not knowing what's going, but we need to know God is always in the driver's seat. He is always viewing things differently. We're going to see that and find some hope in darkness this morning in Luke chapter number one, a very, very familiar portion of scripture. So we're going to start in verse number 26 of Luke chapter one. And if you would stand with me, Luke chapter one, verse number 26, we're just going to read a few verses and then we'll get right into the word of God today. Luke chapter one and verse number 26, it says this. And in the sixth month, the angel, Gabriel, was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, uh, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel, he said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for because thou hast found favor with God. And behold, uh, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of, his, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also hath conceived in a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Because for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Again, this morning, we're going to look into this passage. The people of Israel at a time of darkness. Mary being one of those Jews, one of those Hebrews at a time of darkness. And we're going to discover that in our seasons of darkness, God always has a different view on some things. And so we're going to see some help this morning 
And let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word of God today. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, right now, just uh, in the quietness of the moment, would you pray, and would you give God permission to speak to you today? God, I want to give you permission to speak to me. And then would you commit to him, God, if you speak to me today, I'm going to listen to you. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would um, speak into our lives today from Luke chapter 1 and use the message today to encourage and challenge us that even in our dark seasons, we can trust you because you see what we don't see. And so, God, I pray that as we come into this passage, that you would challenge and use it for us today to help us uh, love you in a greater way. Bless our time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> now, this morning, I'll be honest, as we come to Luke chapter number one, it's, it is a very familiar portion of Scripture. As a matter of fact, Probably, and I've said, I say this just about every Christmas, that the Christmas season is a time um, I preach on the Christmas story, and it is one of the times of the year that I honestly come to a passage and think, what am I going to preach that's new? Because we've been, you know, we hit, the, we hit this passage every year. Every year we see this. And you might even come to Luke chapter 1 and think, all right, what's, what can be new in this? Uh, but today I don't want to have something that's just new and, wow, that's amazing. I just want to bring out some principles from a story that we know. From a story that you and I, you could probably quote this, even if this is your first time in church, uh, you've probably heard the story before. And because of Christmas season, you could tell some details about this story. But regardless of, of where you're at on church and the spectrum of being, uh, I've been at church my whole life, or this is my first time, or whatever the case may be, what are some principles from this well-known story that can teach us that in our dark seasons, God has a different view? I want you to see, first of all, with me this morning, and remember, Mary is a Jewish young lady, 14 to 17 years old. God is coming to her, promising that she's going to have Jesus, the Messiah, but she's Jewish, so she also has been in a dark place, this dark season of life, this time when feeling like God is not responding, God is not answering but I believe in this passage, we can see God's different view. What does he have a different view on? I want you to see first off today, number one is this, that in our seasons of darkness, it's good to remember that God views you differently than you view you. Hey, God views you. He sees you differently than you see you. In our passage, there's a greeting that's given to Mary. The greeting is this, hail, or greet. it's just a simple greeting, hello, Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Thou that art highly favored, the word highly favored, it means highly graced or deeply strengthened by God. The Lord is with thee. That means it's evident that God is in your life. Blessed art thou among women. You are, you are a blessed person. You have exceeding joy in your life. Things are going good for you right now. Mary hears this. And if you look, the Bible says in verse number 29, if you notice it, and it's not going to be on the screen, it says that when she saw him, the angel, it doesn't say she was troubled at his presence. That's not what it says. It says she was troubled at his saying. 
And the phrase is she cast in her mind. The phrase cast in her mind, it means to deliberate as a jury would go out to deliberate to determine uh, the truth of a case. I'm not troubled. She's now no doubt like Zechariah, she was a little troubled, fearful at the angel appearing unto her. But then that fear subsides quickly and she's like, what kind of a greeting is this? Now, why, why would she think this? Well, Mary's view is highly favored. Where's God's grace been lately? The Lord is with me. As a people, we haven't heard from God for hundreds of years. And I'm blessed? Why? Why would the angel tell me I'm blessed? I'm from Nazareth. I'm a teenage girl. I, Rome, the Rome is, is overruling us. The guards of the garrison, uh, garrison would be placed at Nazareth. And so that would be the interaction she has all of the time. No doubt Mary is thinking, why? I mean, that's why the phrase cast in her mind. Why is he saying this? What in the world does he mean? You see, Mary, she looked at her life and she did not think I'm blessed. Mary did not think, wow, God's strength is all over this place. Mary did not think, wow, God's presence is all over my situation. But the truth is that God views you differently than you view you. And while we could come up with a number of thoughts about this discourse between Mary and between this angel, I just want us to recognize that in our dark seasons of life, we need to remember that we don't view ourselves the way God views us. Hey, in your dark seasons and in my dark seasons, you want to know what Dennis Fountain wants to do? Sometimes Dennis Fountain looks at Dennis Fountain and says, you're pathetic. Oh, let's be honest. Sometimes you look and you just think, I just want to, I just want to give up in this area. I just want to quit in this area. I, I can't go on. I can't, I can't. I. And here's what God does. God says, hey, slow down because I look at you differently. You know, God looks at all of mankind differently. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, God views mankind. God views mankind as lost. You say, well, we agree there. I agree mankind is lost. But the Bible says this in one of the most well-known verses. Since mankind is lost, God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hey, you know what? God said the world is lost, but I'll come. They're worth saving. Hey, you know what? God views mankind differently than you and I view mankind. You can go to tons of places in scripture. Think about this one, Romans chapter five, verse six through eight. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended or demonstrated his love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, you know what? When Jesus looks at you, he sees somebody worth dying for. And that's huge. Because in your dark seasons, God's view of you doesn't change. In your dark seasons, though you and I may be in the dark feeling like we can't see God, God is still viewing you and saying, hey, you're worthy. You're worthy of me dying for you. Hey, I love you enough that while you're, you know that phrase, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It basically is like, 
while we have our hand in the cookie jar and he's watching us, telling us, no, he's still gonna die for us. Parents, you ever caught your kid doing something that you told them, do not do that? In that moment, are you like, you know, I'm gonna lay my life down for you. In that moment, you're thinking, you know what? You're about to lay your life down for me. Man, let's be honest. Humanly, we don't view us as worthy. Sometimes we don't view others as worthy. But God says, hey, I want you to know I view you differently. And aren't you thankful today he views us differently? Think about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, what did he do? He quickened us. He made us alive. He offered life made us alive together with Christ, for by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit in he- together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For because we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. Then what do all those verses say? God says, hey, you're worthy of grace and you're worthy of mercy and you're worthy of love. And you and I, I don't know about you, but I don't view Dennis Fountain that way sometimes. Think about Psalm 8. The psalmist wrote it this way. When I consider the heavens and the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, think about this. Man, how many of you, the sun is out finally. Aren't you thankful for the sun being out? We hit like 50 degrees, and I'm like, I'm going to put shorts and a T-shirt and go swimming in the lake or something, man. Uh, why? Because I'm just sick of winter. But you know what? You get outside, and the sun's out. The, I mean, think about this, the, um, the sky clearing up. At night, you can stare up. You can see the moon. You can see the stars. The author writes about this and says, when I think about all of that, what is man? Who am I that you're mindful of me? And the son of man that thou visitest him or would spend time with me. For you made man a little lower than the angels and you crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and all the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Hey, no wonder the psalmist said, God, how amazing you are, because God said, I view you differently. Hey, in your seasons of darkness, number one, it's good to remember God views you differently. What else could we see this morning? Well, we can see this. God views the situation differently than you do. God views the situation differently. Now, in our passage, the the promise is given. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The phrase, his name Jesus, it would completely associate Mary's mind to, uh, excuse me, to the Messiah. Jehovah is salvation. She would know, okay, this is from God. This is an angel. I know that I'm going to be raising the Messiah, but... While Mary would not know everything that this would entail, and while this is good news for all of humanity... I want you to think about what the people of Israel were hoping for. If you go and you study out the passage, we would know that 
the people of Israel, they're hoping for a conqueror. All right, the Jews, their belief is that when Messiah comes, he's coming to rule and to reign and to conquer and to tell the world how great Israel is. That's what many Jews believe. So they're thinking, God, give us a conqueror. God, give us a sovereign, a ruler. And yet here's God appearing to a teenage young lady in the city of Nazareth and says, I'm not bringing you a ruler. I'm bringing you a baby. I'm bringing you a child that you're gonna birth into this world and you're gonna raise. I don't know, but do you think Mary might've had some questions? (laughs) Like, hold up. Now, we know she asked some questions, and we'll look at those in just a minute, but wait, wait, wait just a second. God, we're still under Roman rule, and and I'm a nobody from a nowhere town. Nazareth, 14 miles southeast of the area of Galilee, Sea of Galilee area. We know from John chapter 1, um, when uh, someone's presenting uh, Jesus to Nathaniel, Nathaniel asked the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It's a looked down upon community. Mary knew all of that. Do you know what God did? God came and said, well, I view the whole situation different than all of Israel. You see, Mary, <clears throat> you and the people of Israel, you think you need a sovereign, but I know you need a savior. You know, sometimes in your dark season and my dark season, we think we know what we need, but God views the situation differently. He knows exactly what we need. And you may think that you know the answer to your story and the answer to your situation, but the fact is that God is always looking at the big picture. God is always, he's always the one that says, hey, I'm seeing some things that you don't see. I'm seeing some outcomes that you don't understand. God views the situation completely differently than we view it. And we need to understand during our dark seasons that while we look and while we try to figure things out and do the math and put things together and then, and then we say, okay, God, now here's my box. I want you to fit inside of my box and do what I want you to do. God steps back and just like last week, God says, hey, sometimes my answer is not the answer that you think you need, but we can rest assured and know that God's answer is always exactly what we need. We struggle, though, to submit to his plan, don't we? We struggle when God says no or wait. We struggle to say, okay, God. You say, pastor, what's the solution? I can't tell you that. Well, why? Why? Because the solution in Mary's life and the solution in Scripture all the time is to trust. Trust what you can't understand. We'll talk about trust again in just a minute. But as we look at this passage, I look at Mary, I look at the people of Israel, I see them thinking, we need a conqueror born to a ruling family, not a baby, born to a teenager from Nazareth. You know, in your situation, sometimes you may say, God, here's exactly what I need. And God says, nope, that's not what you need. Trust me. God views you differently. God views your situation differently. 
Notice thirdly, God, he always views the possibilities differently than you and I do. He views what's possible differently than we do. In our passage, I want us to think about what Mary is being asked to do. In our passage, we know that she's being asked to raise the Son of God. Verse verse 32 and verse 35, that he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and he shall be called the Son of God. Think about that. You are being asked to raise God's child. Can you imagine the weight and the pressure that's accompanied by that? I mean, do you let him go play outside? Or is it like, you know, I'm going to raise you, but you're staying in this room. And there's nothing sharp in here. And there's no candles. There's no fire. Because we know the Bible tells us that Jesus had a normal childhood like every child would, although he, without sin, can you imagine the pressure on her the whole time? This is the son of God. Like when arguments come up, he doesn't argue and he's always right. How do you not play favorites with the other siblings? How are you not like, listen, I know, Judas, I, I mean, I know that you're saying that he did this, but I know he didn't. Mom, you always believe him. Uh, yeah. Now we're looking back at the situation, but we have to know. I mean, come on, all of you moms, think about this. When you, have, when you know you're expecting your first child, how many questions come into your life? Man, so many questions. Can you imagine if you knew it was the Son of God? How am I going to keep him safe? How am I going to provide? How am I going to? And all these questions. Asked to raise the Son of God. She's asked to bring the Messiah into the world. The promised one, the one that would be the answer to everyone's sins. How do, you, uh, how do you present that in school? Hi, my name's Jesus, and I am the Messiah. Show and tell, I'd like to show you me and tell you what I'm going to do. Now, we know he didn't do that stuff, but the truth is that Mary, I mean, she, she had this heaviness on her, didn't she? being asked to raise the Son of God, the Messiah. She's being asked to raise the eternal King. In our passage, she is given from the angel a, a, um, a, a verses that would associate with Isaiah chapter number nine, that he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And then it says that he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. She is going to be raising the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Wow. That's pressure. Now we have to know some of these things were probably on her mind, but the major thing on her mind is the questions she asks. Okay, I'm gonna have a baby. How can this be when I've never been in a relationship with a man? You know, Mr. Angel, I don't know if you know how things work, but I'm not gonna get into all that this morning, but The fact is this, that if a man and a woman don't come together, there's not going to be a child. She knew that. It's not not rationally working in her mind. It's it's not, how how is this going to happen? But then notice what the angel says in verse number 37. You know the verse. He says, with God, nothing's impossible. Hey, with God, nothing is impossible. Hey, Mary, 
I view the possibilities differently than you do. Now let's bring this down for you and I today. You know what Dennis does often in my dark seasons? I say, God, how is this gonna happen? God, I don't see where you're working. God, I don't see how this can play out to be a good thing. God, I, and God will say to Dennis, hey, I view the possibilities differently than you view the possibilities. At our church, we've said this often, but you never know what God is doing behind the scenes. Reminded of the story of Esther, you never know what God is doing behind the scenes. The story of Ruth, you never know what God is doing behind the scenes. The story of David, you never know what God is doing behind the scenes. Hey, your story and your dark season, you don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. And you may look at a situation, you may say, God, the possibilities here, I see none. And God says this, hey, with me, all things are possible. Hey, with me, all things are possible. God views the possibilities different. Listen to what he wrote to the people of Israel in Isaiah 55 when he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hey, the truth is today that God views the possibilities differently. Remember when the Pharisees were asking Jesus, who can be saved? I mean, there, no one can be saved. And God's response to them was this, with men, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Remember what God said through the angel to Abraham and Sarah when Abraham is 100 years old and Sarah is 90 years old and God tells them they're going to have a child and God asks this question. When they say, how is that going to happen? God says, is there anything too hard for God? Hey, is there anything too hard for God? Man, the answer is no. Now, when we're in our dark seasons, what do we say? We say, yes. Yeah, God, this situation seems, seems pretty hard. Yeah, God, I, I mean, think about Mary. God, you're asking me to raise the Son of God, the Messiah, the eternal King. God, you are asking me, this is a very heavy thing. And beside that, I've never known a man. God, how is this possible? And the Lord says, hey, I view possibilities differently because with me, Nothing is impossible. And in your dark seasons, you can mark it down that you never know. You never know what God is doing in you, through you, or for you as you walk through the seasons of darkness. Hey, step back sometimes and say, okay, God, I don't know what's possible here, but I know you do. So I trust you. During our dark seasons and every one of these messages that we see in our series are all going to come back to this simple principle. In our dark seasons, what we have to fall back on is trust. And the last thought we're going to see today is that principle, that God views trust differently. God views trust differently. So <clears throat> Mary's asked to raise Jesus. She's told that God is going to place this in you miraculously. She doesn't know all the answers. She doesn't have it all figured out. She, I, um, uh, Pastor Brian has me sing that song, Mary, Did You Know, uh, you know, every Christmas. And Mary knew she was raising the Messiah, but she didn't know everything that that entailed. I want you to think with me right now. Think about all of the unanswered questions that Mary had. 
I mean, right now, let's just think of a few. Well, what's my family going to think? What's Joseph going to say? Oh, now you and I, we know the story, but we're reading back. She didn't put ourselves in her situation. We have no clue. What, what, what's my family going to think? What, what are the townspeople going to think? What is Joseph going to think? I think about the questions that she's asking. What does this mean for my future? Where do I go from here? But she doesn't ask a bunch of questions. Look at verse 38 and find her response because she says this. Mary said, okay, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The phrase, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, it means uh, the servant, absolute servant, the bond slave of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. We would use the phrase, where you lead, I'll follow. Whatever you say, I'm following that. You know what Mary does? Mary chooses not to ask a bunch of whys and hows. Mary chooses to say, okay, God, I don't know everything, but I know I can trust you. We'll be at this verse next week, but I believe the Lord speaks through Elizabeth. And next week, we'll see these verses in context. But here's what Elizabeth says to Mary. Blessed is she that, what's the word? Believed. Hey, Mary, you are blessed because you trusted God. Now, you and I, we again, we read the story, we can look back. Was Mary indeed blessed being the mother of God? Yes. Now, is there anything supernatural about Mary? No. There may be some religions out there that would glorify Mary and say, oh, Mary was a perfect person. No, no, no. Mary was a sinful person just like you and us. But you know what she did? She chose to trust God. And the Bible says this over and over and over again, that God blesses those who trust him. Think about Psalm chapter 12 or 2, verse number 12. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. The fact of the matter is this, that in your dark seasons and in my dark seasons, we really do have a God that we can trust. So in our dark seasons of life, it's good to remember God's view is different than ours. He views you differently. Hey, quit believing the lie that God has given up on you. God doesn't give up on you. God loves you, and he loves you so much that he died for you. He died on a cross, and three days later, he proved that he was God and rose from the dead. Why did he do that? Because of you. And this world will tell you that you have no purpose or that your purpose is uh, found in your job or your 401k or your family. Hey, you need to stop viewing yourself the way the world tells you to view you and stop viewing yourself the way you view you and start viewing yourself the way God does. There is purpose even in times of darkness. God views your situation differently. Hey, you know what? Your answers that you think you need, God knows exactly what you need. God views the possibilities differently. You step back and you say, God, what good could come of this? God steps up and says, hey, with me, all things are possible. And so the challenge that we wanna walk away with today, the decision is this. God, in my seasons of darkness, 
will you help me to see through your lens and not mine? God, will you help me to remember I can trust you? God, will you remind me all the time that you view things differently?